there in podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 85. Before I bury the lead, which I tend to do, our guest joining us going 10 rounds with Rhino a little bit later on in the show is UFC heavyweight, two-time Dana White Contender Series winner, Josh Parisian, a fellow Michiganiac. It is a great interview. I can't wait for you guys to check that out later. So our intro and our schedule is going to be as follows. This week, we will have our full breakdown of the most Rhino Gang heavy card to date. UFC, they called it two things. It was UFC Vegas 32, and then it was also being called US, UFC on ESPN 27. Uh, we're going to cover all that for you guys. Of course, Drea's world-famous drop of the night, our picks for UFC Vegas 33, a fire Q&A session with members of the Rhino Gang 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 and then like i said fresh off his win june 19th versus roki martinez ufc heavyweight josh parisian is the latest to go 10 rounds with rhino so without further ado let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in the first prelim from last night's ufc vegas 32 was at the 115 pound division we had hannah goldie versus diana belbita um this one was pretty much one-way traffic. The Dinah Belpita did a great job of using her kicks and her range, uh, her long-distance punches. Hannah Goldie, you know, was able to close the distance a few times, get some clinch work in, got a couple of takedowns, but it really was Diana Belbita uh, getting the very clear-cut unanimous decision in that one. So shout-out and kudos to her. By the way, the homie Dave Fretz does a, has a great poster of her. You guys should check out on his page. Moving into 125 pounds, we have the Sarge, Sajara Eubanks, Versus Elise Reed, the uh, undefeated fighter coming in. Sajara Eubanks, we know she uh, has had a lot of controversy surrounding her recently, but let's just go ahead and talk about the fight. It was an immediate takedown. She went right away, got a double leg. Uh, very methodical ground and pound. She wasn't going real hard or wasn't, you know, kind of throwing to make herself lose position. Um, and then she really kind of turned up with the elbows, really gnarly <laughs> opened up elise's eye got her eye all swollen probably a broken boat in there uh got the tko on the first versus jara eubanks over elise reed at 125 pounds moving into the first rhino gang fighter of the night we had andre yule versus julio arce who was dropping down from uh 145 back to 135 andre i thought looked good early his hands were, were faster than Julio's it looked like early, and he was doing a good job of staying away. And then after a while, it just looked like Julio kind of found the rhythm, found the range, was able to close the distance, really hurt Andre a couple times with some very hard left hooks. Uh, and then a huge left hand by RSA, uh, followed up with a few more shots, stopped Andre. I, I saw in the, in, in the second round for a TKO, I saw some people saying they thought it was an early stoppage. I was actually okay with it. I thought Julio was coming on like a wave. I love Andre Yule. He's one of my favorite guests we've ever had. Um, it just wasn't his night last night. I look forward to seeing where he comes back next. But, yeah, Julio Arce got the nice TKO in the second round in that one. Moving into 170 pounds, we had Mickey Gall versus Jordan Williams, the Dana White Contender Series alum. Uh, a huge right hand from Mickey Gall put put Jordan in, in the outer space. It seemed like, really, he looked like from that early right hand, he was just not back into the fight. Um, he hurt, he hurt Jordan several times. He put a nice clinch on him, got him down, took his back, got the really sharp rear naked choke win in the first round over Jordan Williams. So a big win for Mickey Gall, man. He needed one and, uh, he got it. So big win for Nikki moving into 185 pounds. I had this one called completely wrong. We had Ian Heinish versus Nasruddin Imavov. This one was close first round of striking. And then from that point on, it was Nasruddin, dude. He had really hard low kicks. 
Uh, Ian was throwing some nice low kicks himself, but Imavov looked faster. He looked stronger. He had really hard, uh, a couple of really hard knees. Hit a nice one-two, and then he put uh, Ian Heinish on the ground. Got the... Um, he, he followed up with some really nice punches from kind of like a, a standing crouch behind him position. So, yeah, Nasser Dean got the TKO on the second due to ground and pound in that one. Next, moving in 185 pounds. This is one of the better fights of the night. We had Brendan Allen versus Punahili Soriano at 185. Both guys were landing really hard early. Allen landed was a little bit more accurate. Um, in the second and the third, it seemed like Punahili was a little tired. He was kind of lowering the pace a little bit, but he was still cracking Brendan with some really nice shots. Allen stayed the course. He was throwing straighter. He was throwing more often. He, he incorporated a few knees into it, whereas Punahili was really throwing almost exclusively punches. Um, it was one really cool spot of the fight was Soriano cut a kick and then tried to high kick Brendan from holding his, it was awesome, from holding his leg. So uh, Brendan Allen also landed some really beautiful left body kicks to Punahili. Man, what a fun fight. I really enjoyed it. Brendan Allen got the got the very nice unanimous decision over the very tough Punahili Soriano. Moving into the main card, Drea, we had Randy Costa, the Zohan, <laughs> versus Adrian Yanez. Now, uh, it's this one of those was my main event. <laughs> this is your main event. This is a lot of people's main event. I think this was MMA Twitter's. This was MMA Twitter's main event for sure. Um, I love Randy Costa. I love Adrian Yanez. Like this is the first fight ever in the history of 85 shows where I just couldn't make a pick. Uh, I just had to see how this one played out. This one was really a tale of two rounds. First round, Randy Costa could not miss hitting Adrian with that jab. I mean, he was just throwing. Every jab was connecting on Adrian's face, bloodied up Adrian's nose. Really, Randy looked fantastic in the first round. And then in the second round, Adrian completely flipped the script. Uh, he was landing. He was moving forward. He got Randy up against the cage. He hit him with a nice shot. And then he hit two really hard body shots, followed by an uppercut, which sent Randy to his knees. Adrian got on and poured on a few more shots, got the TKO in the second round. Randy looked great in the first. Adrian looked great in the second. And that was all she wrote. We both love these fighters, don't we, Drea? Yes, definitely my two favorite fighters of the night last night. And I'm glad they were able to put on a great performance. I know there were some bonuses handed out. I, I just, you can't say enough about how, how great these guys were. And they show you can put on a good fight while being respectful and friendly and kind to one another leading up to the fight. Couldn't say enough good things about both these guys. Love those two fighters. Moving into the most bullshit-ass, fucking bullshit, bullshittiest, bullshit decision I've seen <laughs> in a really long time. We had our girl, Miranda Maverick, Rhino Gang. Versus boo, Macy Barber, boo. Dude, the first two rounds were Miranda Maverick. I don't care who you are, where you come from, what you believe in, how many fights you've watched. Miranda Maverick won the first two fucking rounds of this yeah. fight, dude. 100%. The strikes she landed. Yeah, the strikes she landed. The the time she had, she took her back in the second. I, I mean, what the fuck, dude? This was clearly, I, and I can get, I've got no problem with people giving Macy Barber the third round. None at all. Um. But Miranda clearly won the first two rounds. Somehow, some way, in this bullshittiest bullshit, I'm going to say bullshit as many times as I possibly can about this fight, Macy Barber somehow got the split decision. I don't know how. I don't know why. It put me in a foul mood for the rest of the evening. Ugh, it was completely the wrong call, dude. Mm -hmm. By the way, Miranda Maverick outlanded her, in case you don't know, 79 to 40 in strikes. So she basically doubled her up in strikes. 
Yet somehow, some way, Macy Barber got the ugh. Ugh, let's move on. Bullshit. I think Miranda Mavericks come back and get a better fighter. I think Macy Barber lost. And moving on. We're going to 108, 145 pounds. We had Derek Minner versus Darren the Damage Elkins. Derek in the first round was, I mean, first of all, there was so many scrambles in this one. This one was crazy. But it gets crazier later. But in this one, there was lots of fun, crazy scrambles. Derek was sub-hunting for several, you know, chokes. Um, there was even an armbar attempt at one point. Darren Elkins just kept on reversing. Finally, mid-round in the second, Darren Elkins reversed the takedown from, from Derek, got on top, and just was unloading on him. Had him in and out of the crucifix position, was landing elbows, punches. Finally, Derek could not get out of his clutches. Darren Elkins, somehow, someway, once again, comes from behind and gets the stoppage win over another opponent at 145 pounds. So big win for Darren Elkins. Now, speaking of scramble fest, we've got Kyler Phillips versus uh, Rowan Paiva. What a fight, dude. This one was, I think Cruz was the one last night on commentary who said, it's like two guys, it's like watching two guys in a washing machine. And that was really, like, very well said. These two were constantly hurting each other. We're landing big shots, both straights and looping shots, both punches and kicks, both takedowns, scrambles. I, I mean, this fight had it all. It was super high pace. I can't believe they were able to keep up the pace that they were. Um, again, I Rulon Paiva ended up getting the majority decision in this one. I had Kyler Phillips winning this one. I don't know how you scored it, Drea. I had Phillips as well. I, I was really disappointed with that decision. Yeah, so Kyler Phillips, to me should have won that fight and he is still a super hot prospect but give give paiva his due man he took some incredible shots and kept on fighting forward i got nothing to take away from him again i just thought kyler did enough to win yeah majority decision went to paiva so that was that one right um Moving into what, what what next was supposed to be uh macy chase on versus aspen lad macy unfortunately uh had an injury um so that, that she had to pull out the uh, the day before versus Aspen Ladd. I hope that one can get rebooked because we are big Macy Chase on fans over here. Uh, moving into the main event, we had Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Of course, the narrative was TJ was out for two years from his suspension for using PEDs. Corey Sandhagen has been active. He's the number two ranked guy, I believe, at 135 pounds. So this one was this one was a very interesting matchup. Corey's very tall. He throws a lot of kind of spinny stuff and inside elbows and kind of crazy strikes. TJ Dillashaw, we all know how great his movement is. He's known for his durability and his toughness. So early on, man, it was a straight right for Corey, and then he threw a flying knee, which, like, TJ kind of caught and ran underneath, which put Corey into a weird position of, like, an inverted triangle choke attempt. <laughs> TJ got out of it. Um the rest of the fight was really back and forth. Corey would have his moments of landing really nice shots. TJ himself would land some really beautiful in and out punches. That left straight was doing a good job for him. Uh, Corey opened up a really big cut on TJ's right eye, which they actually stopped for a second, had the doctor come check out to his due. TJ didn't try to play it up. He really wanted to stay in there and scrap. And they went on for another, for another three rounds, dude. Uh, for me, I had a Corey Sanhagen three rounds to two. Uh, the judges saw different. They gave the split decision to TJ Dillashaw in this one. Great heart shown by both guys. Um, really high level skills, a lot of movement. I mean, they really show great cardio. I'm not saying TJ Dillashaw didn't, he didn't rob Corey Sandhagen, right? The judges didn't rob Corey Sandhagen. It was close enough where I would not call it a robbery. 
but again, I had Corey Sandhagen. How did you score that one, Drea? Uh, I had it Sandhagen three to two. I, I agree. I don't think it was a robbery. It was really close. Um, you know, being a split decision, I understand that, but I I would have gone split decision for for Sandhagen. Right. Yeah, that's how I would add it to you. So again, a big comeback for TJ Dillashaw and like him or hate him. He is a extremely talented fighter. We've got a question about that a little bit later in the Rhino Gang section. So, Drea, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from. So what'd you land on from your world famous Drea's drop of the night? You're right. There was no real clear cut KO drops last night, but one definitely stood out to me. And that was between uh, Ian Heinish and Nasruddin Imavov. Um, Mid-second round, Imavov lands this perfect jab that wobbled Heinish, and um, then Imavov just starts unloading with his hands. Uh, and then this rough knee to the face that dropped Ian Heinish to the canvas. And then he gets finished with a ton of ground strikes. So it was a fun finish. Um, so my drop of the night goes to Nasruddin Imavov. All right. That's a great drop indeed. Let's go ahead and get into our main card picks for next week's UFC now, full disclosure, both Dre and I picked like shit uh, last night. I know a lot of other people did, too. But we tied. We tied again. So, once again, the belt stays here with the old rhino. But neither of us feel, <laughs> neither of us feel very good about how we performed but our picks last night. In our favor, though, two of the fights that we lost were, like, pretty clear-cut robberies. So, that would have been two more wins that we would have had if the judges knew what the hell they were doing. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> so our first fight for next week, uh, we're going to start with a rhino gang, gang, gang. We got Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. I got him beating Jason Witt by third round TKO due to ground and pound. What you call on that one? Feature play, Adrea. I'm going Barbarina as well, but I think it's going to go the full fight and I'm giving uh, Bam Bam the unanimous decision. All right, moving 185 pounds. We got Ro- I've got Roman Kopilov beating Smiling Sam Alvey by unanimous decision in that one. What about you? I'm giving Roman a TKO finish in the third. Okay, we've got Jiu-Jitsu ace Ronnie Yaya versus Kyung-Hoo Kang. I've got Ronnie Yaya winning by third round triangle choke in that one. What about you? Uh, I'm going... Yang Ho King with a TKO finish in round three. TKO three for feature play, Adrea. And that one, all righty. Then moving at 115 pounds, I've got Gloria DePaula beating Cheyenne Bays by unanimous decision. And I'm saying clear cut unanimous decision, as we like to say over here at CSWR. What's your call on that one? Um, complete opposite. I'm going she- Cheyenne Bays with the unanimous decision win. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, for the co-main event, I've got Shamil uh, Abdurakhmanov over Chris Daukas by unanimous decision in that one as well. What about you, Drea? I'm going Daukas on this one. Uh, I I see it going in his favor with a haven't decided. I think it's either going to be a KO or TKO um, round two. So I'm going Daukas with the KO. All right. Now for our main event, this one was interesting for me because... Forever, I've kind of been a huge Uriah Hall fan, and ever since his tough appearance years ago, my my concern with him is that Sean Strickland has looked fantastic as of mm-hmm. late. His confidence is so high right now. 
I know Uriah Hall can put Sean out with one strike. I know that. And I'm kind of hoping that he does. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Sean Strickland in this one. Um, my fourth round TKO over Uriah Hall. Again, I hope Uriah Hall wins. I do. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with Sean Strickland in this one. My fourth round TKO on the feet. What about you? Uh, I'm with you. I would prefer Uriah to win. Not a big Strickland fan, um, but I think he's going to get the unanimous decision. Sorry, so you got Strickland? Okay. All right. Well, that would conclude our section for the main card picks for next weekend's UFC. All right. Let's go ahead and get our our Twitter questions. Feature play, Andrea. And our first one comes from the homie tie fly guy. What do you got this week, dude? Do you believe PVZ hangs up the gloves by the end of the year? She seems to have really fallen from grace over the last few years. I know she'll be a draw, but when will we think enough is enough? Great question, dude. No, I don't think Paige is going to stop fighting anytime soon. If you follow her on social media, she gets asked that question quite a bit, actually. (laughs) And uh, she always says, no, I don't ever want to retire. I don't ever want to stop fighting. You know, as long as my body holds up, I'm going to be doing this. I know she also loves the training aspect, right? Uh, she makes way more money than she should based like just solely on her fighting skills, in my opinion, of course, you know, because she's as pretty as she is and, uh, she's very marketable, right. For, 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 for corporations that want to pay her to sponsor their product. So I, I don't see her fighting. I mean, I don't see her stopping fighting anytime soon. She's only 27. Right. So I do think at some point she will stop the bare knuckle, uh, maybe another fight or two, and I, I'm guessing she'll win at least one. I do think at some point she will join her husband, Austin Vanderford, over there at Bellator for at least a one-off, right? Maybe two uh, fights back in MMA because, you know, like her or hate her, she does bring the numbers, right? She brings viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see her staying in bare knuckle for at least another few fights, but at some point probably returning to MMA at least for a little while over there to Bellator because if Scott Coker knows how to do one thing, it is market fighters who are not that good or not that great anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens, but that's my guess on that one. So Ty fly guy. Thank you very much, my dude. I know our next question goes from our girl, APB. What do you got this week? On a scale of shark to explosive diarrhea, how shitty was that decision in the Maverick versus Barber fight? <laughs> it's the worst case of the shits i've seen in mma judging in a long long time and there are tons to choose from take okay take away that i've had miranda on the show and that i like her and she's awesome take away that i don't like boo mason barbara boo with very clear eyes and a fight knowledge brain that i have I saw Miranda Maverick clearly winning rounds one and two. She outstruck Barber two to one for the whole fight. Even every writer on media row had it for Miranda. So are you telling me that like every single person who covers fights week in and week out for the MMA media, they're all wrong and these judges were correct? No fucking way, dude. Miranda clearly won the fight. It was an atrocious decision. I have nothing. Oh, my gosh. I have nothing but disdain. For the fact that, you know, that Macy Barber won that fight on the judges. It's it's total bullshitty, bullshit, bullshit. And yes. So thank you very much, APB. Shout out to Mama Sims. We know the famous tagline. You can't be a wuss and, and have a puss. Have a puss. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into my homie, Brian, from the Holman Sale. What do you got this week, dude? Does Nico Montano 
actually get into the cage and fight this weekend or will it be another cancellation? Yeah, dude, I think we are actually finally going to see uh, Nico Montano fight for the first time since losing to Juliana Pena back in 2019. There have been five cancellations slash pullouts that have happened within that time. Macy Chase on, Julia Avila times three, and then finally Carol Rosa have all been pullouts or cancellations. I think, I think if for any reason, if Nico Montano does not get into the cage this time, she is cut. Uh, there's a lot of people who say she should have been cut prior to this. I'm not arguing that. But I'm saying if for any reason on her end, if this fight doesn't happen, we are absolutely not going to be seeing uh, Nico Montano in a UFC cage ever again. So that's my answer on that one. Thank you very much, Brian. Oh, all right, let's move into our homie RSP. What do you got this week, my Canadian broski? MMA is an individual sport, but does have some similarities with team sports, such as the emotional highs and lows. One week we get the emotional high of fights like Tuivasa versus Hardy and Poirier versus McGregor. Other weeks we get the emotional lows of Maverick versus Barber, boo Barber, and Sam Hogan <laughs> versus Dillashaw. So it's an emotional roller coaster. What other similarities do you see between combat sports and team sports? And what aspect of team sports do you think combat sports could use an infusion of? One true like similarity I feel is the camaraderie, right? The camaraderie of your teammates, because when you're in the gym and you're sharing the blood, sweat and tears and all the highs and lows that go on with training in a combat sport, you really develop a camaraderie. Even if you don't like the other person, right? If you train with them all the time, you really, you develop a connection. You become close knit. You know, uh, we don't always like everybody in our family, right? But we still love them and we still care about them and so on and so forth. So there really is that camaraderie. And I think it's even more so in combat sports than there is because it's such an intense environment and the stakes are so high, right? So I think that you share that with, you know, I played football and basketball and stuff and you did sports as well. So you do develop a camaraderie with your teammates, but I think it's even more intense uh, in the combat sports world. As far as like the aspects of what are similar, I couldn't think of very many, dude, because that or at least that combat sports should implement that that team sports have because here's why I, and you're right it is it is different it's so different being an individual sport versus a team sport uh i remember matt hughes in an interview years ago he said yeah there's some similarities and some intensity between a football game and a fight the difference is you've got 10 of your buddies out there all trying to help you right whereas when you are in the cage or the ring there's nobody to help you there's there's just you so I don't know if there's any um, aspects of team sports that I would really feel like that need to be implemented into um, into combat sports. There is a little bit of that loyalty because sometimes, you know, you don't always see it in the pro ranks, but there is like a loyalty factor that you see sometimes in, in, in team sports where uh, a guy will play his whole career with one team. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like, yeah, I'm not. Well, anyway, <clears throat> you know, guys will stay the whole <laughs> the guys will stay the whole. Uh, their whole career or girls with the same team. You don't often see that in MMA. You know, people, you know, tend to need to evolve and change gyms, get new, you know, fresh start training partners, new location, whatever to kind of ascend to the next level. So, yeah, I'm not really sure RSP on that last part, but man, what a great question, dude. I really, really went hard on that one. So thank you very much. I know our first one comes from our homie Cyrus, the Cyrus King. What do you got this week, dude? 
How good do you think TJ Dillashaw looked last night? To me, when you consider his knee was hurting, his eye was hurt, two-year layoff, I think he looked great. Could definitely become champ again. Do you agree? Um, I'm not sure about becoming champion again. I'm not saying definitely not. So I agree that all things considered, TJ fought extremely well last night against a very top-notch talent at 135 pounds in Corey Sandhagen. No one can deny that, you know, TJ's a very skilled guy. He's got incredible movement. He's a very tough fighter, and he, he, he'll he fight anybody, right? Like, he, he is a take-on-all-comers kind of a guy. Can he get through somebody like Rob Font right now? Can he get through Aljo? Could he get through Jan? I'm not so sure, dude. I, I Right now, if, if like they're all on paper and they're matched up, I've got Font, Jan, and Aljo all beating TJ. I would pick them over him. Those guys are all incredible fighters, and I'm not saying that TJ isn't, but I just feel like they are ahead of him, right? They are ahead of him in a five-round fight. So I don't know if we could see him get to a title shot. Um, if he gets through any of them in his next fight, you know, how the chips all fall, then we, maybe we can revisit this conversation again. But as we sit right here right now, I don't think so, dude. I do not think we're going to see TJ as champion again. So that's my opinion on that one. Thank you so much, Cyrus. Of course, check him out on the Combat Corner where he talks about the hot pass and food and the mafia and MMA and all kinds of incredible stuff. So big shout out to you, Cyrus King. All right, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions, Dre. I know our first one comes from the big homie, Jim Asun. Jim, what do you got this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang, hope you all doing well. Uh, I tried making a few copies of this, and I don't know if I even sent that in, so. Anyways, what do you think is next for uh, Sandhagen? Great fight, really close. I saw TJ winning it, but. I don't know, it is what it is, but. So, what do you think is next for fucking Sandhagen? Give the great word, bud. You know it's always 420, kids. If I'm fantasy booking, bro, his next fight, I would love to see Corey fight, is I would love to see him get in the cage and just dismantle Sugar Sean O'Malley, dude. (laughs) I know that's a pretty low chance of that happening, but, man, I would love to see that one. So if I'm going to guess what's probably a more apt, you know, probable event to see, would be the loser of Aldo, uh, of Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz, which happens next month. I think whoever loses that one, we might see Corey Sanhagen next. Uh, they'd still both be top seven, both coming off losses. So I'm guessing that would be more of the type of fight that we would see. Um, but again, if I'm fantasy booking, boy, I would love to see Corey Sanhagen go in there and just wreck Sugar Sean O'Malley. That would be amazing. So, Jim and Sue, thank you so much, my Canadian broski. I appreciate you. All right, let's go ahead and get into our next question from Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino and the Rhino Gang? This is Juicy Fruit, baby, from the com- uh, I was for the comments for the Juicy Fruit Podcast from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Looking ahead to next week's card, the big boys, your favorite, the co-main event is uh, Shamil Abdurrahimov. Versus Chris Dalkus. Um, now, this is an interesting fight because I know he's your boy, Chris is, but that Shamil, he's no slouch. And he can make this a grapple fest 
And I've said it before, if you're even an average grappler at heavyweight, I think it's like a fucking big tool because they mostly just want to swing and bang. So I wanted to see what are your thoughts on, on this matchup? Get at me. Yeah, Juicy Fruit, baby. I'm definitely seeing this fight going one of two ways. Either Chris really cracks Shamil hard early and gets him out of there, or Shamil is going to have a lot of position over submission, uh, top control, a lot of wrestling, a lot of clinch work. Not the most exciting fight. I mean, there'll be some ground and pound, but Shamil, I think, is, is obviously a better grappler than Chris. And if he gets him down or he gets him up against the cage, there's going to be a lot of grappling. So, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for Chris to get that early knockout, but I think Shamil is going to win that fight uh, via decision. So uh, that's my pick on that one. So, yeah, great call, my friend. And uh, if you guys haven't already, of course, check out Juice at the Friendly Sparring Pod with him and Leo. It is fantastic. So let's go ahead and get our third question. I know it's from, oh, it's from our girl Gina from the Shots Fired and Wocast Pods. Gina, what do you got this week, my friend? What up, Rhino? It's uh, Just Gina MMA. I have a question about Julio Arce. Make it real quick. What did you think of his bantamweight debut? And how do you think he does as he goes up the rankings? Is this a potential dark horse of the bantamweight division? Because I am impressed and I'm dialed in on this guy, especially after a performance like he had with Andre Yule. Tell me your thoughts. Love the show. Talk to you soon. Gee, this guy is good. His only two UFC losses are split decisions, right? And they're to Hakeem Dawadu and Shaman Marhaez. No shame losing to either one of those guys, especially in a razor-close split decision. Both very top-level strong guys. Now down to 135 full-time, Julio brings that power, his great striking, and his ferocity that I love to see in fighters, particularly in the smaller weight classes, um, which he is now a part of. So, dude, I am so with you on that one. I'm I'm assessing that Arce is going to be a real problem for a lot of fighters at 135 pounds as he moves up the ranks. He just has something, you know, he's got that special something. And I think a big part of it is how hard he hits and how fearless that he is. So, yeah, I'm going Julio Arce has got a very bright future at 135 pounds, which we all know is a shark tank of a division. So great question, Gina. If you haven't already, of course, check out Gina at the Shots Fired at Wocast Pod. She's amazing. Mike Morgan, Cairo Sasanga, they are all top-tier, uh, talented podcasters. And, man, are those good shows. So let's move ahead and we're going to do our fourth question. It comes from the homie D-Crons. And D-Crons, oh, and by the way, Dre, I want you to answer on this one, too, once I'm done with mine. So D-Crons, <laughs> what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino bro. I hope this is not late, but I fear that it is. Um, I'm sure you've touched on it already. Oh, man, the judging was... I found it incredibly frustrating yesterday. I had a couple decisions go in the other complete opposite direction. Uh, not much we can do about that. But um, my question for you today is, who is your favorite fighter outside of the UFC and why? I can't wait to listen to the show. Drea Dave Rhino, Rhino Gang. Love y'all. Gang, gang. <clears throat> so first of all, you just squeezed it in, D-Cron. So yes, the 10 minutes to spare, you got your question in. I'm with you. It was El Terrible judging last night. But to answer your question, my favorite MMA fighter not in the UFC to watch is AJ McKee over at Bellator. 145-pounder, amazing. His skill set, his size, his confidence, the coaching that he has. 
all have led the mercenary to be undefeated after 17 fights. His biggest test to date is upcoming, just this coming weekend versus Patricio Pitbull, right? This Saturday, Bellator 263, we'll get to see AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. I am so very much looking forward to that. Um, I think it's going to answer a ton of questions. I've been preaching and, and singing AJ McKee's praises from the top of the mountain for a long time, and this is really the biggest test. So, for me, Bellator, AJ McKee. Drea, who's your favorite fighter outside of the UFC? Oh, that's tough. And it's probably not going to be MMA, but more uh, kickboxing or Muay Thai. Sure. I think my favorite fighter to watch would probably be, uh, this is tough for me. Probably. I would have guessed. I yeah, I was going to guess Holtzky. it was Nikki Holsky. <laughs> yeah. I've always loved watching uh, watching him fight. So, yeah, I got to go with with my my kickboxing dude, Nikki Holskin. So, Nikki Holskin from Glory, an incredible kickboxer from out of the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, what a, I mean, I, I'm a big Rico Verhoeven guy. He's probably my favorite kickboxer, but Nikki Holskin is definitely up there, even mm -hmm. though he just hurt my man, John Wayne Parr, not that long ago. I know. Ago. That was <laughs> very tough to watch. I love both of them. You know, they're my two top favorite, uh, you know, Muay Thai kickboxing guys. So, that was a rough one to watch, but yeah. He's a very talented guy, and I absolutely can see why you'd pick him. So, Let's go ahead and get into our uh, 10 rounds of Rhino with Josh Parisian after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, K&RCustomDesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another banger of an interview. Going 10 rounds of Rhino with me today. UFC heavyweight Josh Parisian. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Dude, we are so stoked to have you on. Not only are you a fellow Michiganiac, as I like to say, but you are a fellow heavyweight. Uh, you're just coming off that big, beautiful win this last month. It was awesome. We are super stoked to have you on. So, dude, the first round going 10 rounds of Ryan was always the same. We love to hear the background story. How did you first get into this crazy, wacky world of mixed martial arts, dude? Uh, I had, I grew up in a very abusive home, um, more mentally abusive than physically, but it was just, uh, a lot of put me down and make me feel worthless and whatnot. And I didn't have a lot of confidence. So, um, I ended up, uh, I went to college and then I was in a public speaking class and another guy that I was sitting next to did his 
did an assignment on the UFC on mixed martial arts. Um, being from Escanaba, you know, what I mean, I'm, I guess I would say I'm a little out of touch with the rest of the world. You know, it's kind of a small area. And so I, I had no idea that was such a thing. That was a, that was a thing that people do. And I was interested. He invited me to do some myths that gave me some confidence and, uh, it made me feel good. And I ended up, um, training full time and then got talked into taking a fight. And then it's been history since then. Oh, wow. That's yeah. What a, what a story, dude. The, uh, the, 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 you certainly took like a fish to water. I can tell you that right now, bro, because I've seen you fight. And it's, it's something to watch for sure. So you got your first official UFC win in a very tough fight with Roki Martinez, uh, like I talked about last month in June. Uh, physically, have you already healed up from that? Because that was a real back-and-forth slugfest, dude. Uh, actually, I have a torn, a partially torn ligament in one of my toes. I'm currently doing physical therapy for that. And then I, my nose is broken two places which actually they're aligned perfectly. So it just has to heal naturally. And then I have um, a bit of a deviated septum that they're going to go in and fix August 5th, actually to have a little uh, mini surgery for that. And then I'll have a uh, two months where I can't get punched in the face. And then after that, I'll be ready to go. Right. Well, that's good. You know, I've, I've had the, the broken nose many times myself and yes, it just kind of, after a couple months, you just kind of look a little funnier, which I already did, so it's all right. I think you'll be back. You'll be back and ready to go in no time. I'm, I'm grateful. My nose uh, still looks the same. It's just I just know it's broken two places in there. It didn't move at all. <laughs> that is crazy, dude. That it was actually broken in a you know in a similar area on both sides. So you're right. It's just going to end up looking the exact same. That's awesome. So yeah. you have to do you have to do the two months of post surgery of just no you know physical contact to the face, and then. Um, I'm assuming it will take a few months to get back. And so you may be thinking like early 2022 for uh, a return to the cage. Uh, I'm really trying to, to fight again before the next year. I'd like to get one more fight in this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're stoked on that. So Josh, we, we, you and I were just talking uh, before we started recording and I wanted to clear up cause you're, you're a member of Scorpion fighting systems here in uh, Brighton, Michigan. But when you are announced from Bruce buffer or whoever doing the announcement, you say you're from Escanaba. Can you kind of, t and for those of you from not from Michigan, which is the vast majority of my listeners, that is, those are two places that are really far away. Escanaba is a beautiful small town and in the UP of Michigan, and Brighton is kind of a, a pretty good sized kind of major city in between Lansing and Detroit. Um, why do you choose to have your announcement be Escanaba, Michigan? I'm just so proud of where I'm from. I, since I've started fighting, I've always been asked to be announced out of Escanaba. Um, I'm just proud to be from there and I want to represent uh, my hometown. And uh, I know that I could probably get a lot more people behind me if I claim this area. You know, I mean, there's so many more people that live around here, but it's not really about that for me. It's um, just that hometown pride. Yeah, dude. And for, I can tell you first, I've been asking about many times, particularly when I was a young guy. And man, it is such a beautiful uh, kind of idyllic place, you know, with lots, lots of woods and lots of lakes. And it is, it is a really beautiful town. So I would certainly be proud of that myself. Um, yeah, now you're one of the rare two time Dana White contender series winners. Can you kind of walk us through what your experience did? The difference in experience was from the first time you fought on DWCS to the second time you fought on DWCS. Um, I would say both were very similar to me. Um, both situations, there's not a lot of people in there. Um, and both situations, um, I was nervous. I'm nervous for every fight. You know what I mean? I wasn't any less sure. nervous the second one than I was the first one. And 
Um, and then whenever I get in there, I'm not as nervous anymore because I, it's just a weird thing where the further I'm out from it, the more I'm nervous. And once I'm in there, I'm good to go. Both, both situations were similar. Um, I won both of my fights in the first round. Fortunately, um, I was really hoping after I won the second one, I was really hoping that I was going to get signed after that one because there was no other ultimate fighter, <laughs> you know, no TV shows or nothing they could sign me to. After the first one, I got sent to the ultimate fighter um, as opposed to getting signed um, right from the win. Right. But I had to do that. And this next one, I was really crossing my fingers for being signed. And fortunately, I was. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the landscape of the UFC heavyweight division is really it's so crazy right now, dude. Like once you get out of that top 15 in the heavyweight division, it's really wide open as far as like competitive matchups that you can make. Are there a couple of guys that you've already kind of had your eye on or are you just kind of waiting to see what the matchmakers and your management kind of come up with for your return? Yeah, I'm kind of I think I'm at the point in my career, especially I'm only one and one in the UFC that um, I'm not really at a point, in my opinion, to pick my opponents. You know what I mean? I think that uh, they'll just give me whoever I – I'll just get whoever I get and then hopefully win that fight. And then eventually, maybe further down in my career, I'll be able to um, maybe call somebody out, especially somebody in the top 15. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, you're Josh, you're no rookie anymore. You know, you've had 18 pro fights or 18 pro fights deep in your career uh, from 2014 to now. And I asked this question several times of different fighters, and I'm always very curious about the answer. And I think about it in terms of myself, like what would me on my last fight say to the, me on my first fight? So if you had advice, just fight style wise, advice to give you your version of that you were in 2014, what would you tell him, you know, if you could get and deliver a message to him from now to then, as far as it could be a technique, it could be something to really focus on. It could be, don't worry about this, but worry about that. What would be a piece of advice you would give to 2014 Josh Parisian? Uh, I would probably say that, um, it doesn't matter how good you get. It doesn't matter, um, how long you do it for you're going to be nervous <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, you're nervous because it means a lot to you and it's not, um, it's no other reason than you just, you want to succeed. And as long as it, it's important to you, you're going to be nervous. And it doesn't I'm matter gonna... what. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, I was saying it doesn't matter what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, like I have a kid now and that's another thing that I'm just so, um, I'm so worried about, being a good dad and I mean like am I doing the right things am I not doing the right things and, st and stuff like that but that's just become that's just because it means something to me and anything in your life that means something to you you're gonna have those thoughts and that's just the way it is and if, if you have those thoughts it means that you're probably doing a good job doing better than most you know what I mean if you care enough about it Surely, dude. That's very sage advice. I <laughs> I wish you could have told me that, too, back in 09 when I made my pro debut. I was nervous, dude. I was so nervous every time I ever fought. And just like you, just like you alluded to earlier, it's, it's so nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking for, like, the three days leading up to the fight. And it's so nerve-wracking when you're sitting around waiting. It's nerve-wracking during medicals. It's all nerve-wracking. And then as soon as that bell rings, it's like the nerves just somehow magically just disappear and it's time to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I've always said that in my belief of that is because our bodies always want our minds want to um it's like self-preservation it wants to choose flight it doesn't want to get hurt and know that it knows that we're about to get a situation where we can be injured and it's it's fighting ourselves 
hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then once you're in there, flight is no longer on the table. It's only flight. So um, you feel more comfortable now. You don't have those those doubts and you don't have those things telling you don't do it. it that's not on the table anymore. You have to fight. So I think that's why. No, I think you're right. And, you know, that's it's one of those things that, especially for young fighters, I know there's a lot who listen to this show, that, that's something that, you know, some people have to, because there have been people we've looked up to over time where, like, I don't even get nervous anymore, or it's just another day at the office. Like, that's bullshit, dude. You know, I'm not saying everybody has the same has the same level of nervousness, but that's just part of, that's part of the process. And you, you just have to learn to be able to contain it, not let it overtake you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say that anybody that says that they're not nervous are either lying or at some, some part of them doesn't care anymore. Right. Like maybe, no, maybe they're good. They're going to win. Maybe they, but there's something deep in their mind where they don't really care as much as they used to or in some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, I absolutely think that's right. So dude, um, this is one that, this is one that I love to hear about as well. Away from the cage. Like what are some things? And then of course, you know, hanging with the family, I know you're a, uh, you're a father, but just kind of away from those things, but it's time for just you to have some fun away from training, away from the cage. What are some things you like to do? I mean, I know you're from Escanaba. I mean, that's a beautiful uh, outdoors kind of area. Like, what do you kind of, some of the things you like to do for fun, Josh? Uh, I'm a really big nerd. I love playing online video games. I play a lot Ooh. of World of Warcraft, Diablo. I play um, Magic the Gathering card game. I do... Uh, I do a lot of nerdy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nerdy I'm, stuff is cool. Even though you're 6'4", 260, you know, you could be a nerd too. You're allowed that, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, I like doing outdoor stuff too. I like, uh, I love fishing. I love um, going on hikes and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. So I also enjoy the outdoors, but I think it's probably because as I grew up, um, I was like, I got really nerdy and all my friends that I had were into that stuff. And then I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe it's because of that, that I'm still, but I still love it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. I, I really that kind of stuff. No, no, very cool, dude. Now being a heavyweight and being a, you're being a fellow heavyweight. This is like, this is a question that I, of course I am fascinated to hear about and I will absolutely, I uh, can't wait to hear your answer. So the fight is done. There is no more cutting weight. You've already won. It's time to go out and celebrate or go home wherever you want. But what's the food you go to that you kind of deprived yourself of for training camp that you can really indulge on and go hard on after the fight's over? Um, let's see. I would say, um, hmm. I really uh, dairy dairy things is something that I really crave. Um, if I've been dieting hard. So like sour cream, um, ice cream, any, anything like with dairy in it, really. Now we're from the Midwest, so dairy is a pretty big staple of uh, of our childhood and all the way through. So I can totally see if you deprive yourself of that for a while, is that being something you want to go hard on after the fight, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and then uh, I like, I can't tell if I like um, cookies and sweets and stuff, or if I enjoy having them with milk <laughs> maybe it's the milk <laughs> it's, by itself doesn't sound enjoyable to me but some milk that sounds pretty good oh that is a top tier combination no way around it dude i totally agree so josh you've already careened your way and this is the easiest 10 rounds you've ever done i'm sure in your career bro so we are now in the 10th round the 10th round 
is the easiest one of them all. Just share your social medias with everybody. Share your social uh, handles so we can kind of follow you as your career progresses, and we can all kind of get on board with being fans of Josh Parisian Train. Okay, yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Parisian MMA. I believe my Facebook one is that as well. My Twitter is just Josh Parisian, and I started a. Oh, I don't even remember what it's called. What's that thing that everybody's doing now with the videos? Uh, cameo? I, oh, I, TikTok. TikTok. Okay. I started a TikTok, and that's Josh Parisian. I haven't posted anything on there, but I got a lot of funny ideas. That, so <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. That, that'd be so much fun to see you doing uh, some sort of something funny on TikTok. We're absolutely looking forward to that. So, Josh, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to go 10 rounds of Rhino today, dude. And we look forward to seeing and talking to you after your next fight, my brother. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Josh Parisian, and I just did 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, that was very cool. Not only is Josh a very humble and nice guy, but like he's a fucking tank in there. He just, I mean, what a great fight with Rookie Martinez. Um, I look forward to seeing what's next for him. He's obviously he's a fellow Michiganiac. And uh, yeah, big ups to Josh Parisian. Thank you so much for joining us today, dude. Uh, I definitely want to say our big shout outs and thank yous to everybody who contributed to the forum today. Ty Fly Guy, our girl APB, the Holman Sale Homie Brian, my big broski from up north, the Rage of Sweet Potato. Great question. Our homie Cyrus King, Jim Sue and the OG, Juicy Fruit Baby. Gina from the Wolcaster Shots Fired. Amazing question. Our big homie, D. Kranz. Man, thank you guys all so much. Those were fantastic questions. I love the forum every week. Thank you so very much. To some other members of the Rhino Gang, Dre, we got to thank definitely our girl, Brat, Ms. Fight Diva, Mike Morgan, all the homies in the PRG, Marquise, my boxing broski from Week Sauce Radio, the Unmatched MMA Pod, all the badasses in the Rhino Gang, GC, Gang, gang. <laughs> My underdog MMA fam, Jillian, Monica, Chrissy, the, their manager, Jason. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for all of your nonstop support. Of course, everybody out there who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Our numbers are going awesome. We are so stoked to have you week in and week out. Tell a friend. We want more people in the Rhino Gang. We want the Rhino Gang to join, to swell, to become huge. We love you guys. Of course, to the future play, Andrea. To D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To Dave Fretz, the absolute Einstein of graphic design. He is the man. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram. There is no better than Dave Fretz in this biz. Of course, be kind to each other this week. Reach out to a friend or a family member you haven't talked in a while. Reconnect, as always, now and forever. Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week. Take side!